1: flight.
0: Wait, this ain't even a flight. This is an out-of-home in-house session. Let's go. You're listening
1: to the out-of-home podcast. Are you
2: locked into the out-of-home podcast? You're listening to the out-of-home podcast featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yaf and Stephen.
0: You London boys are crazy.
1: Alright, great. Uh, Whoa, very quiet. Very, very quiet. quiet. Real (laughs) quick. Talk amongst yourself, people. Dang. Talk amongst yourself. Huh? No, 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 no. So, So... it's mad it's actually mad it's mad it's mad it's mad mad. so obviously we're in the house we're in the building um we've got a few guests with us today which is nothing like the norm (laughs) um have you got the mic there's a what there's a rule (laughs) There, there is a rule there is a rule in this room, and it's if you have not got a mic, you cannot open your mouth. No I'm joking, but if you want to be part of the conversation, just put your hand up. There's a mic that goes round. Um, obviously, what we wanted to do today was kind of um, just bring you guys together and have a conversation about the things that are happening in the world um, that, that are, you know, inescapable. I guess right now. Um, but before we do that, before we do that. Welcome to the Out of Home podcast, a show brought to you by four Londoners living in Amsterdam, capturing and sharing stories of inspiring people while sharing our own. And today, I have my brothers with me, but we have some special people in the room too, and we'll get to hear their voices very soon. But I've got man like S A. What are you saying? What are you saying, my G?
3: I'm calm. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> happy to see these smiling faces. I'm happy I'm not the only one speaking today as well. <laughs> uh, no pressure. Yeah. And my
1: brother, Papi
3: Kwanz. What are you saying, I'm bro? Good,
1: bro? I'm good, bro. Right, it's the three studios today. We're, out. To we're, we're, we're without Yaff, which Yaff is out, is, yeah. Yaf's out
3: here protesting as we speak right <laughs> now. Yaf is, <laughs> isn't it? So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He actually is. Live from London. It's actually mad, bro. Like, uh, it feels kind of weird that he's not here. It's the first one that he's not been yeah, here as well. Yeah. So now yeah. you're the only one of 100%. Like, hey! ratio. Can I get my, my, my certificate or something? <laughs> <laughs>
4: huh? When do I get my certificate? Um, after the, what do you call it? After the 67th episode. 67th episode? Yeah. Why 67th? Just because.
3: Prov.
4: <laughs> why? <laughs> 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 Just because I oh. felt like it, huh? I felt like it. Okay,
1: fine, whatever. Like Forty more to go then. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> How are you guys feeling? Um, I'm feeling better than I started off the week. Yeah, I'm feeling like more uh, optimistic, uh, way more calm and more in balance. But yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. To think that the way we started the week and then oh Sunday, oh yeah, the way we're ending the week, is so all a bit mad. But um, technically, it's the start of the week. But
4: is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's which week? There's like two, there's like two there's like two schools of thought, Monday or Sunday, you pick your poison. No, mm-hmm. Craig David, Monday to Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but obviously this, this podcast feels a lot different to usually usual because we actually have a live audience here today mm-hmm. and we're gonna be hearing from them a little bit later. Um but um I guess let's start this how we usually start this and ask what what made us smile. So what made you smile this week, boys?
4: Um I can start. I guess first of all, I could say Monday, the protest in Amsterdam. Um, that was like was that Monday? Yeah, it, it feels like three thousand years ago, in it. You wow. No, but for me, it was like um, it was an awakening of sorts for a couple of reasons because uh um, I don't think in my adult life I've been to a protest before, and then also because I had really been adapting strong, um, social distancing for a number of reasons, and then. Like I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and speak up for a cause. And I would I would rather, not that I'm bulletproof or anything, but I would rather, if I have to, um get get coronavirus by by going to something I believe in rather than going to a random barbecue on a Thursday. Do you understand? So that was important for me and I was I was given hope, which I think is so important if you have a, 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 a little bit, because it's something you can you can really like build off. Um but there were some times where I was, like, disgusted, dismayed, upset. But overall, like, just seeing people come together and seeing a lot of things through social media, seeing some of my friends, like, bandy together, seeing people of all colours and creeds, like, accept that we need to change, and, and we'll get into it later. But, yeah, so I just saw a lot of things that made me smile. But I would say mostly the protests on Monday in Amsterdam. Really, uh... Um
1: What made me smile this week? I think...
4: So I think this time last week, I was just
1: thinking like what is going on and i ended up sending an email like an all a- agency to my agency like how i felt and yeah. kind of talking about our experiences as young black men working in advertising and creative industries and it was it was heavy it was heavy but to see the reaction from the people and my colleagues that i work with and my friends and just coming out with every like, Everything that they wrote is just like, wow, like I work with some amazing people and it filled me with encouragement. Do you know what I mean? What's made me smile so much this week is just to see or to, how 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 different it's felt from anything other like any other times where we've lost a a black person to senseless killing by the, the police or, or anyone else, right? Or through, through racism. And it just felt, it's felt a lot different. It's felt like people are here to help. And it's not just us screaming and shouting, it's white people, Asian people. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is I think this is the first time that we've we've lost someone and
4: I think eighteen countries have protest. Every countries. single state in America yeah. had protests. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? And also it happened in sorry to cut in, it happened in it happened in, it happened in like Minnesota. Yeah. It didn't have to be a melting pot like New York or Chicago. It happened in a relatively small state
3: and still, mm-hmm. right? So,
1: mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, that's what made me smile. What about you, Stephen?
4: Let me look off the
3: video. Right? <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. what made me smile this week so i think after the initial like anger it was kind of uh a few things so obviously uh the company i work for we're blessed to have like friends that are also people of color and then it's just kind of like um to see that it just created like a ripple effect that like, we all felt that we had to do something and then i was just encouraged because none of us wanted to be silent because that would have been kind of the easier approach and then like i saw something different in each one of like my close friends this week which was it was great it was encouraging because it's like okay cool we're not in this alone and like around my friendship I have such a great support network that are willing to um step up um I think like me and Anna had some good conversations this week which was also great to see from a different perspective and then I learned a lot about myself as well It's like like okay cool I am someone that can speak up and can articulate myself as well and then we had some difficult conversations um in the week both in and out of work and like the responses of people that really made me smile made me feel like we're on uh the verge of change or change can now begin or the healing can begin but at the same time i'm still a bit cynical and skeptical because Mm -hmm. uh we've protested before and like and what everyone keeps telling me is that this is not something that is new so For me, if it's something that's not new, but we're still having a conversation in 2020, then that gave me a bit of like perspective. Okay, cool. There's still work to do. I like where it's going, but like there's still some work to do.
1: Yeah, I like that. Does anyone else around the room want to share what made them smile this week? Yes.
5: Is this thing on? It is on, it is on, it is on. Um, Please speak into the mic.
1: Hey, so... What's your
5: name, sorry? Oh, I'm Lily. Okay, thank Um, you. And thanks
1: for having me. You're welcome.
5: Um... One thing that made me really smile, and I feel like in the black community, we already uh, we already uplift each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we are already talking about these conversations many moons ago. Yeah. But this week, I just feel like we are hyping our people so much more. And I'm trying to focus on black joy. Like, I don't want to keep seeing. I'm tired of seeing all these horrible images in the news. We've seen it. We've all seen it, right? Like, if we wanna fight implicit bias, we gotta just keep uplifting each other and sharing black joy and sharing black laughter and sharing black creativity and just showing that we are all like dynamic, wonderful, complicated, beings right and we need to just keep doing that and I feel it so much this week like I'm sure y'all are also getting tagged by everybody on Mm. IG getting texts like just from all your friends like your community just like we got to keep that going Mm. and we do it already but maybe not as publicly as we should like we need to take that power and that pride and be 10 times louder because racism is too fucking loud Mm. so now we have to be even louder and I feel like that is what is Keeping me going this week through all the sorrow and all the rage and mm. tears and frustration, like just amplifying that black joy.
1: Yeah, I feel that. Anyone else? No.
3: All of you were miserable this week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nothing. nothing?
6: Hmm?
1: Yeah. Look, we got we got Mike here. Uh,
6: yeah. Yo, everybody. My name is Adil. Dilly. Hello. Welcome. First <laughs> time for on the pod. Me again, fellas. You're welcome. Um, for me, I think the the, the, the biggest thing that made me smile was the, the uni uh, again I see you alluded to it earlier on all different parts all different worlds uh, coming together uh, and I think the energy is different this time around and you can feel that energy being different and that's bringing everybody closer so regardless of the white brown black Mexican Latin whatever it is everybody's in a place where they're like we need to do this and we're going to do this as one um, so I think that, yeah, the unity concept of it all was uh, something that gave me a bit of joy through the frustration and the anger and the sadness. That kind of st- uh, stayed on top of it all, yeah.
7: Yo, Machaji. What well, <laughs> We said, we said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Nathan Carbon. Um, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, it's really nice just to see all of you guys here. Dutch, Chinese, British, Slovakian, African... Um, Pakistan like speaking to the mic, please, no. just a mountain part I apologize because uh, I'm a bit nervous but what made me smile I think the unity piece seeing that um, our white friends and family want to educate themselves um, but I think more personally for me um, I've had two very poignant conversations with my mother and my father this week and you know not that it was emotional, but it was just, just the reality of hit of what my father had to go through in the conversations that we had. And then uh, on the flip side, then just speaking to my mother and, and her relationship with her parents. Uh, um, and I think it's important to what Steven said is to have these conversations, uh, um, not, just, not just with your friends and peers, but with your family as well, uh, to understand what, what they went through. Because mm. once you understand what they went through, then, then you realize why we're doing this. What was, what
1: was like one of the biggest things that you learned from like, Listening to your pops and listening to your mum.
7: Well, this section was about what made me smile, but now, now you're asking me. To no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Um.
8: That,
4: ladies and gentlemen, is Nathan Carbon. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry,
7: dude. Sorry just, dude.
1: Just, wanted to continue the conversation with it's, you, my it's friend. That's
7: all right. That's all right. It's right. so right. good. It's so good. Um, no, I think, I think for my father, like. Um, Obviously, I've shared my own experiences at work and stuff. But um, I think at work, somebody, uh, um, a black colleague in North America talked about that he was a runner. Mm. Uh, He works for a sports company. And and his mother now says to him, please stop running, please stay at home. And that's hard for him, you know, because he's a runner. And obviously, we we saw what happened to um, uh, uh, Ahmad. Um, But my father, um, 36 years ago, when he went to Canada, Uh, to go and see his father with his brother. Um, You know, they were messing about, as you do, as as young 20-somethings. And they started running in the street. Mm. And um, my grandfather was like, yo, what are you doing? And they're like, yo, we're we're just messing about, having fun. He's like, are you running? And and my dad's like, yeah, we can't, what, we can't run? He's like, no, you cannot run. Like, like. Don't bring attention to yourself, you know and it's just like that was thirty six years ago, and we're still having these things today yeah. um so it it shows you that this is gonna be a long journey yeah. um yeah, and, and, and black squares are not enough for me personally mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah
1: we'll yeah. we'll definitely get we'll definitely get into like what brands have been doing online i think um where we where we probably want to start is just like. Does anyone else actually want to speak? All right, yes, Dennis, please, please yeah. speak, man.
9: So uh, my name is Dennis. Um, yeah, and uh, I've known Stephen. Shout out to Steven for inviting me out here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what really made me smile was uh, talking to, a, I guess, now a former coworker at Nike reaching out to me who's not black. And he genuinely reached out to me saying, hey, how can I help? You know what I'm saying like and he came up with ideas like, hey, maybe we can visit some of the black neighborhood, because I live in the Belmont, which is like predominantly black people, saying, Hey, how can I help? He came up with um, certain things that he was thinking about and doing. And that really made me smile. So I'm saying hey, there are some people who that like, it's cool to protest and bring an awareness, but I'm more in favor of those people actually coming with action saying, Hey, how can I help? Actually yeah. asking how can I help and how can we make sure that I'm part of the solution and not just Highlighting highlighting the problem but not coming with solutions, so that really kind of gave me a good feeling, and I guess uh, um, as you guys would say, actually made me smile.
1: That's dope, man. That's dope. I think I think that's a good point to make as well, because I feel like yes, it's great to see that we have allies, but what's next in it? It's like what what's what's the action that we're doing? What's what's the things that we're putting in place to make sure that this not that it doesn't happen, but at least we can start stepping towards the direction where we feel like this is the right thing to be doing. Yes, Jenny.
2: Thank you. I am Jenny Simmons. Thank you so much, Kieran, for the uh, brief intro. Um, long-standing fan of the Out of Home podcast, so Jeez. absolutely, Jeez. absolutely delighted to be here.
4: This is also, you nice. actually hear this voice at the start of the podcast. Yes. She's, the main part of our intro. The,
1: you would you have had this voice before you heard you our voices. You may recognize
2: me. You may, you may. Um, uh, no, just very quickly to say um, what made me smile this week. Uh, very similar uh, to Stephen in terms of the collective uh, power that we have, like within our sort of uh, friendship group has been so nice as well. But what made me smile this week is I'm normally a really smiley person, and like what made me smile is that I wasn't smiling. Like I was angry, I was mm. fired up, and I was like a different version of myself that I already knew existed, and it comes out very few times in my life because I'm, I'm saying I'm pretty calm, but you guys all know me to be a bit erratic. <laughs> but I, but as a, as you know, as a general rule, I'm a pretty sort of calm, um, like chilled person. But I really sort of found some fire in my belly this week, and that mm. really made me smile because it's a, a new version of myself.
1: Sick. That's so sick, man. Like where where. Obviously the situation would have like uh, brought it out of you, but like when when was the last time that like, you really felt like that?
2: It's hard to say because it's it's a new feeling. It's a yeah. completely new feeling. So actually any other times I felt any anger is it's completely different. And mm. so I think um uh, it, it's 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 actually it's it's not happened before, not not on this level. Or mm. or mm. it's almost been in me every day and it's just been it's been brought yeah. to the surface yeah. almost, yeah. I think. So yeah. it's yeah, it's a new thing.
1: So, so. All right, so where do you want to start?
3: I think it's good for maybe us to touch on kind of like in detail like a little bit about yeah. me, and what we've what we've learned. Because like I said, today's Sunday, mm. and I feel very different to how I felt on Monday. Yeah. It might be good to see just fill everybody in on like what's happening now. Because you had a different journey this week. Guam yeah. you had a different journey. So mm. I had a different journey this week. So it might be good to touch based on that.
1: So how you feeling, bro? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, okay. how you feeling? Yeah. How you
4: feeling? Yeah, feel like I, um. Like I said, a lot of things. Like maybe this has been my most polarizing week as an individual. Um, I've been angry, mm-hmm. I've been irate, I've been sad, sometimes happy, but sometimes really there is some kind of um, technical difficulties in the background. But I can't hear it. They, Oh, you're good. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't what's know what's happened. On. I think she listens to some kind of manga inspired okay it's cool Um, shout to manga cartoons I have nothing against manga cartoons no um, and there's also a a sense of pride I think Mm. Adil spoke about like the collective unity from all types of people colours and creeds good Um, (laughs) um, has been has been really 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 inspiring to see Mm. and it makes me think that this is more than just a black square this is more than just a protest this is more than just one of those things Um, I was really annoyed and two or three years ago, like there was this there was this hashtag that was rampant across social media, and it was hashtag me too. Yeah. And my issue, I mean, it became a joke, which is despicable. But my issue was that, especially during uh, um, I think award season, so Emmys, Oscars, and what have you, and it be, it seemed to become a trend, like mm. like uh, a thing of the season. You understand? Like a type of gene, like. Mm. Like, like <laughs> women's sexual rights is now a trend. And it, it wasn't wrong before, but now we should try and address it. Mm. And I really hope that's not... Well, that's how it felt to me at the time. But I really hope this isn't a trend. This isn't a bandwagon. Mm. Like, if you are... And, like, if, if anyone in this room or anyone who to this podcast shared a black square, they are not an enemy of progress and they're not a bad person. Mm. But we have to do more than that. Yeah, do you yeah, understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I implore all of us. St- and I, And I've said to many people... And like, if you are white, you are not guilty. Mm. But if you are white or or a a person of another race and and you don't do nothing and you're aware of your privilege or you're aware of black lives suffocating and dying and just bearing to a whimper because there's something insignificant and you do nothing, that's when you're guilty. Mm. Just like if you're black, just because you're black, it doesn't mean that you're automatically standing with the movement. You also have to do something. We all have a responsibility. You understand? Yeah. So yeah, I felt I felt a lot of things. Like, talking to you now, I'm even emotional. Mm-hmm. But um,
1: mm-hmm.
4: yeah, like I have hope. And yeah. That's why I have. Yeah. So I'm hopeful.
1: Right. I, I'm hopeful too. Yeah. I'm hopeful too. I think it took me a couple of days to get to this point of hope because um, on 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 Friday, all right. So when when I found out the news, right, I was just like,
4: What news? In particular? Sorry?
1: So when when George Floyd died. Okay. Right, so yeah. I was like Another one Yeah And I was literally just like Alright Another one innit Like Literally That's how numb I am to Seeing that sometimes Saturday grows through I'm like Okay Yeah I'm a bit uncomfortable And Sunday Sunday came And that's after I started reading And seeing everything That was on social media And I was thinking Why hasn't my office Said anything yet yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe we don't know what to say or how to say it. And then I was like, whatever, well, I can't go to work without saying anything. I need to say something. So I like I said it. I I said what I said. And then I think through Monday, Tuesday, I was just angry, bro. Mm-hmm. I was just angry. I was pissed off at the mere fact that we're having the same conversations that we've been having for so fucking long. And it just it just seemed like, again again but also at the same time i was like this feels different which is encouraging but now everyone's just putting stuff out there's just so much to read there's so much to take in there's so much and like i was like wow if i wasn't everyone's on this journey in a different way like some people are starting today. Some people have started before. Some people people started 10 years ago. Mm. So the conversation is at different points with different people. And I could imagine, like, stepping into this world of Black Lives Matter and being so overwhelmed with everything and just being like, where the fuck do I start? Yeah. And I want to say this, like, it doesn't matter where you start. You just have to start. You have to understand. You have to realize that this is something that is important. To everybody Not just Not just black people yeah. But humanity Like it's it's a It's a humanity thing yeah. It's not a bla- It is a black and white thing Because you can see it But it's a humanity thing There's something Wrong with humanity If you cannot see that yes. This is a problem
4: Yeah Right
1: And everybody needs to understand that And that's where I got to By the end of the week I was like Okay I'm good And everybody's trying Let me see what I can do what can we do? What how can I affect the bit like the places I'm in, the people that I'm around, and let me try and help the people that want to like get somewhere with this. So yeah, that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling better than I was. Um I have been pissed, I've been upset, I've been angry. But now more than anything, I'm just like, okay, let's do this shit. Mm. Let's 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 see what we're doing in it. About like you, bro.
3: Yeah. I think for me it's also the same. So like, um, when the incident happened, I was like really angry. Um then. But to your point, like we've been here before and I was really like focusing on America and then I for the rest of it I just describe it as like having a really long hangover. Like so eventually you just become more sober and sober as the day as the days go by. So like the first day I was like, okay, cool. Uh calm. No one from no one from work saying anything. Hmm. Interesting. So next day I was like, okay, I'm gonna say something. So then I had like a really good conversation uh with my manager and I now I was checking myself again so okay I was just like yeah this is still not enough it's actually wider than that it's not just America and then like I had a really good conversation uh with Ibi uh which I can just kind of describe it I imagine it's like when two rappers go into the studio and they just click and then you start like busting out (coughs) lyrics like can I describe it like that because we had this conversation and everything started just clicking one by one. It's like, oh yeah, this doesn't connect. This doesn't connect. And we're just like, okay, cool. We need to call all our other friends as well and connect with them and maybe start to put these uh, dots onto a page, like, so that we can, because everyone's speaking so many different things and like, yeah we need to just kind of process and log everything how do we want to group it um so like a big thanks to Ibi for kicking that off and then we were able uh with everybody's contribution to have like a really solid document which like managed to capture I'd say 90% of the emotions and things we call out both within the company outside of the company in society but it was really kind of like therapeutic to go through that process and then just kind of connect connect the dots and then uh we had like a we had like an internal uh, meeting uh, and then, you know, uh, we were given a forum to uh, open up and speak and this in front of like a really like wide audience and then uh, I normally never speak first because I'm like, <laughs> let's see what someone else is saying first and then I'm going <laughs> to come in and put my point of view. But like this stuff, for some reason, I just felt compelled. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to speak first. And then, um, and then, so like, I'm speaking to someone really senior in my company and then, um, yeah, it just all started Coming out well, first of all, it began a bit mad because um, I actually had like it was a zoom call, so I actually had like a meme on my like, uh, My like wallpaper, so I had to like flip that real quick. What because, meme was it, bro? Uh,
1: <laughs> tell the people what meme it was, bro. <laughs>
3: it's the one with the uh, question marks and like Nick, Nick Young. Yeah, yeah, Young with the yeah, question yeah, yeah. mark.
1: Like, huh? <laughs> These times he's talking about Black Lives Matter and he comes on the <laughs> can't
4: global been, screen, can't like, I mentioned <laughs> the name, <day>. yeah, <laughs>
3: but like. There was, there was literally like no no because it just the screen just started because i wasn't sure because it's like okay cool steven's gonna speak and then i was like mm, a lot of people might be another person called steven so i mm, wasn't really sure it was me but then i see my screen start to change, and I'm like, oh nah i need to remove this backdrop so i'm trying to do that and then all of a sudden i'm i'm there i'm live in front of everybody and then like everything just came out and mm-hmm. like till now i can't even remember all that i said i remember little bits and then people have reminded me a mm-hmm. little bits but i was like a really big moment because after that like just the level of response i got from people internally even people outside of the company that managed to hear it or whatever was just like so overwhelming and uh encouraging and then um for me when i flip it back today, there's a couple of things that topics that came through that i managed to understand or help to give my point of view across so um the first thing was when um in this week when um, people or brands or companies were trying to push out an all lives uh, matter message I was just like do you understand like why this is really sensitive right now so I was able to just articulate and the, the example I've been using is like a parent that has two kids um, one has eaten it's, it's called cool. could eat but like it's eating one is starving and you've got a piece of bread who are you going to give that piece of bread to both of their lives matter, but like this one's starving. You need to give him the bread, or him or her the bread. Like they need that bread so that they can become both fed, and then all of their lives are mattering. So when you choose to ignore that person starving, you can't really say all lives matter because there's a disparity. So in order for it to be all lives mattering, they need to be at a point where they're level. So that's yeah. why you need to bring, you need to put that resource you have all into person that's starving. So you can come up to a level that is the same as a, uh, as a child that's already eaten. At that point, yeah. everything is whole. There's no disparity and all lives matter. So that was the first thing I was able to like kind of articulate and have good conversations on. Um, and I think the second one was kind of like the America-Europe kind of conversation about, oh, this is an American problem. Um, this is a European problem. And then again, the way I, I was able to equate it was, for me, I had... Because I've never been um, living in America, but the way I perceived it was, uh, it's like in America where someone will go out in broad daylight with like the loudest gun and shoot someone in the street. Like, okay, cool. Dead. Horrific. Very um, out there. Versus in Europe where it's like someone at night, a sniper with a silencer waiting for someone to turn their back and shoot them in the back. Cool. Both are dead, but the way they went about it is different. Mm. So to say like, oh, it's existing in America, but not in Europe is wrong. It's like, say it's a different type in America, but it's still going on. In Europe, it's way more subtle yeah. and more discreet. And you might not even know who did it mm. if it's coming at yes. night. Yeah, so that's kind of like how I, I, I equated that one. And We should talk
1: about that for a minute though. Um, yeah. um, the difference, like our experiences as, as, as young black males growing up in London, to like live in here and what the difference is obviously we don't have too much experience of what it is in, in America but what we can imagine is that it's a, bo- a lot more over than it is in London oh, especially where we're from do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, what, do you want to speak on that for yeah, a little bit I
4: just want to say that I think a lot of people when they it's once again it's privilege right? yeah. so if you say oh I'm from the Netherlands or I'm from Bosnia or I'm from England and we don't have the same problem in America as America yes but the issue people aren't rioting because of police brutality, mm. people are fed up of of institutionalized and systemic Systematic, racism yeah. you understand yeah. because it, it isn't just the cop isn't just i don't even want to say his name is isn't just the cop that brutally murdered um george floyd mm. it's it's the elected official in the it's, it's the lawyer it's the judge it's the sheriff you mm. understand mm. it's the it's the it's the what you call it medical despondents that are treating them like some infected Vermin, do you understand? Mm-hmm. The way they're like mm-hmm. t- 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 training his body just after they've been told he'd been suffocated. So I think people need to realise this is not about it's not about like um, a gun and a badge. This is about wrong and right across and how the law and many governments, Western governments, are built to suffocate mm. or kill or mm-hmm. maim mm-hmm. people that aren't white or the same as them because yeah. in their eyes they're ranking. So that's mm-hmm. what I'll say. But in, in 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 London and other parts, um I've like racism is just um it's so I don't know. It's so. I said one thing about America. I would say is that there is an agreement that is an issue that people like, people can accept it. Like yeah you, yeah, you can you can smell it. It's yeah. it's a it's a smell. Right. But in in the UK, it's, it's almost a, like we
1: don't even want to acknowledge the fact yes, that it's here. Yes, yeah. You know,
4: I'll give you a random example. I'm I'm a lot of random examples. You know, yeah. when you have like a, you know, <laughs> when you only have you have water, you have Evian, you have Volvic, right? Mm, mm, mm. And you have like Volvic, a touch of fruit, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like peach flavor, right? Yeah. But it's a hint of peach. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You understand? It's a tiny bit. It's like it's before, it's before you started before you started before you think you've tasted the peach, it's already gone. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of like in London, like racism is so faint that like, oh it's not a problem? No, it is. Yeah. But to you. Like it really is, and I was gonna say, like I've had encounters I spoke before. Well, um, one of my friends during university, we, uh, I was in his car, and um, yeah, he 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 to his miscredit, he uh, he pulled a U-turn illegally in the road as like kind of a prank or a thing, and we had two. I, my friends were driving another car behind, and then the cops pulled him over, or the cops, the police officer pulled him over, which they should. He 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 broke the law. He he did a U-turn in the wrong part of the road. That's fine. But then the issue was, was then um, the police officer was like, "Why did you do that?" And he, my friend was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I was, just, I was I was being, I was being, I wasn't being serious, officer." And then um, the police officer went to do, went to check everyone's name, um, date of birth, and quickly ran um, with our passports or driver's license. Ran background checks on everyone in the car. Those five people were in the car. Now this was a driving offence by the driver. What for? Why? Yes, exactly. Exactly. The main thing you should be asking is because you drove irresponsibly. Do you have a license? Do you have insurance? You understand? Yeah. But the these are things that they can also check exactly. without even having to come to the but car. But the, the worst thing, not, not not even that they asked him. That it was my my friend in the background was getting riled up, was getting angry, it was like, "Why are they checking my details for? This is ridiculous. I've done nothing." And we, and this is maybe we're guilty. We're like, "Nah, Sim, like that's his name was Simeon, calm down, like." Because we, because we already we, we, know, right? we don't want it to escalate. Yeah, because yeah, the police yeah. officers will f- will feed off this aggression. Oh, there's a young black, well, not really young, there's a black male being aggressive, being loud. Mm. So I had to um, maim him, or not maim him, but I had to confront him and take him down. I had to stay, to stay by the position. And it's like years, looking back on it, years. It's like he was he he was right to be angry, but it's almost like we have accepted that the police officers or can abuse their power, and him speaking up as a human being yeah. is. Is abusing our power. You yeah, understand? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a risk. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a risk. And He's it's... overstepped the line for asking for justice. Mm. And there's a number of um uh, examples I can get into. But in the UK, a lot of times it's like very s- subtle in the workplace, maybe, mm. or even here, it's quite similar. Because yeah. you no, know, we are living in the majority-owned white Western country, so there are similarities, whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, just sometimes. Do like, you know? I'm sorry. just, go on, go on, go on. I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> you understand? Like um, even little you. things. Like, and people think like it's minor, but to me it matters. Like, so so sometimes we play, play music in the office. Tariq, you might have got it well. Any you, you might have got it as well. And then everyone's playing their songs, and you play a song, but maybe it's not by Pop Smoke, like, or maybe it's not by. Um, you understand? Maybe it's not by like what do you call it? Katie got bands or Chief Keith or or Dave, and it's like, oh, come I on! I never knew you knew that song. Why not? What, you mean like the Elton John song that was played in radio across 1993? Like, you understand? Like, (laughs) I have ears. Like, I don't always listen to like BET and like, I understand if it's like this really quaint Algerian song that was leaked by a member of the Morocco. You understand? It's like, no, this was on wide mainstream media. Yeah. As a child, I heard it just like you did. Mm. Like, little things like that they can they can yeah, great they can yeah, jar. Yeah. Sorry, but you. you no, I was gonna
1: it. say like i obviously this is a uh, it's a conversation about race and, and and racism, but I think and like the differences between america and and Europe, but we're black, we're everywhere we go, yes,
4: and the first thing <laughs> the first thing we're we're always black first, yeah, like i was i was sorry um, but yeah, I was reading a report, and I love the Guardian right like almost to a fault. But um, certain times when these hap- killings would happen, they would say, oh, they would say um, 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 uh, um, uh, a black runner, Ahmad Aubrey's, for example, um, was killed by three individuals. No, they'll say a black runner was killed by three individuals. Why aren't we giving them the um the, the terminal white? Mm. Do you understand? Like yes. are you are you are you are you claiming that the default human being is white? Like this is the this is the origin. Yeah. Like if you're if you're mentioning race, then mention the other race. Because I also would want to know if someone if he was um mixed race or Chinese, that's important as well if yeah. it's a race issue. But mm. don't like do you, I don't know, yeah.
5: I feel you brother Corey. <laughs> this is what I was mentioning earlier about the implicit bias. Like mm-hmm. we live in a system where media and mm. yeah, mainstream everything is whitewash. And and again, there's also nothing wrong with being white. Like yes. we're that's we're <laughs> not even That's all I need to say about that. Yeah. But everywhere in the world that I've ever existed, um as an American that's lived abroad and traveled everywhere like White people always get to be these multifaceted dynamic creatures. Like you said, you don't say, "Oh, these three terrible, horrible men that are yep. white supremacists, terrible people. Let's put their pictures in the news and show how the horrible things that they're doing." Right? Like white faces or this like vision yeah. is we we allow we have space for white people to be so dynamic and showcase all those sides of their personality whereas and I know you guys in this room understand the feeling of just being like you're a black man first, mm. like you're Kwame. You have so many different talents mm-hmm. and stories and experiences and love to share. Those sh- that's what we should be defining you as. But that's that's what the media is doing wrong. And it's like you said, this system, this overarching system of white supremacy. And even if it is difficult to talk about, but we all have it in our hearts in mm-hmm. some way because mm-hmm. we're we're born and 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 re- bri- b- born <laughs> and raised into it. Even
1: by a default Yeah like literally Because even You just say that like Yeah we're black people first And that's how people Outside might see us But even us In certain scenarios Are like yeah, I can't say that You know because They might think of me As being yeah. a, a, the stereotypical black guy yeah. And it happens at work It happens in different situations It probably happens A little bit more at work When you're like <sighs> should I say something and I think it's because we're conditioned from an early age even from like our parenting that we're supposed to go to go to, to work and don't lose that job you know yeah. whatever you do don't lose that job because that job is your thing that you need to do to help out in the house so that's something that my mum my granddad would have known would have told my mum and the stuff that would have told me right so whenever we're in these situations it's like I can't even talk up because if I talk up and I lose my job God forbid I lose my job because of the, I spoke up yeah. and tried to do something because I was black. Like yeah. allow it, like, I couldn't do it. So it's kind of like we all know, like we all know, like we, we know we're black in a situation already. So when we're thinking about something, it's just like on our mind, sort of thing. Go on, go on Claire, go. On. Oh,
0: thanks. Hi, I'm um, I'm Claire. Uh, I'm white for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Um Just didn't to put that out there. Um, Talking to Mike, I think yeah. what's a really good point's just been raised, and what you guys are all saying that you were all raised in homes where you were having that discussion and you, well, you probably felt it from a really young age. And then your parents were also talking to you about, yeah, the world's going to treat you this way because of the color of your skin. And I think that is not something that, I mean, that would happen, I would say, in all black people of color households. I think not with white people, because as you say, the world is, is, I don't know, in our favor in terms of how it's been pitted and how the media comes and how all the like all the representation and all the storytelling and everything. So I don't know, it's not I, I think a lot of times people or like white people don't consider that a race. Like we're not have like I don't think well, I was fortunate too in the way that I was raised, but I think most 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 households don't do that. And they're not gonna say, hey, because of our race. Because we're white, you actually have this level of privilege and this level of, you know, so you need to actually be making sure that you're like either lifting people up or calling things out or the say or like, you know, telling people like, hey, so you're gonna be treated easier because of this. And no, it's not fair and it's fucked. But so you like we need you to behave yeah. like this. Mm. But that's exactly what you guys get, but you get the, the shit end, you know, mm, where it's mm, like, mm. no, don't, don't run. For the love of God, if police ask you something, just do it. Like, you mm. know, mm. we're not necessarily talking. You just smile and look cute and you're probably going to be fine. But mm. it's 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 what's there. And I think that's really interesting. It's similar. I mean, yeah, I think that that's just quite an important um, differentiation because that, I think, is what we're starting to see change or what I hope we're going to see change. You know, like I've got all these friends in New Zealand, which is where I'm from, um, now posting things like, oh, these are the top ten books to buy your kids to talk to them about race. Um, And then there's lots of indigenous books about the Maori people and what happened in our history. And I've never seen them talking about that shit before. And I'm Mm. like, yes, okay, this is – and I think that – well, I'm now answering like three questions. But that was the thing that made me – like I felt hope this week and that made me smile because I was just like, oh, it's finally – like I'm super fortunate that I've put myself in heaps of positions in my life when I've been the only white person in the room or in the country or in the school or whatever – but I don't think many people have, many white people have done that. Mm. So I think that, that that thing where now we're talking about race and our homes to be like, hey, we're white, that's a race and that's a privilege and that's a position that you need to be aware of so that it can, it can actually become our problem because mm. it's always been your problem. Yeah, yeah and
3: for sure. I, yeah. I think the key thing that you mentioned there was like, the, that you both mentioned was like the media because like from a very young and then, um, even from like the 1930s, the the image of a black person or a black woman has been like skewed uh, in such a negative way and then that's become like a reality and a vision okay cool when I see this person they're either a criminal or a rapist or, or whatever and I think uh, we were touching on it a little bit earlier so like what you see now is like Trump is really trying to control um, Twitter and social media because now for the first time everybody has a phone and has mm. access to portray um, media accurately and you know you can't deceive people to an extent or at least there's going to be a conversation and i think a lot of people are now facing home truths because things that they grew up believing they're now seeing differently then i said oh really there was so behind that police car there was actually uh three other police also on top of him but like before you wouldn't have seen that that would have been painted differently so like his his battle that he's facing now is trying to gain control again and then that's why it's funny because when um like america cracks down like north korea like oh you guys are like controlling the media there like they're doing it in a different way and i think the battle for media now is what's kind of opening up people's eyes because Everybody saw it. And it's like yeah. there's no spin yeah. on that. Whereas before, there would have been, it's oh, disgusting. we're having a war on drugs or whatever it is. And then, you know, it could have been spun in a different way. So I think that's the key thing. Um, Sorry to cut you uh,
10: You're totally right. Um, also, coming back to what you're saying, um, there's a lot of people that, or uh, at least kids right now, uh, who are actually having uh, arguments with their parents, having that uh, difficult uh, conversation saying, hey, you're wrong for what you're saying about uh, people of color etc and i really think that it needs to start from uh actually elementary school kindergarten educating these kids making them understand that this is actually not the way it's supposed to go um yeah and if if you look at social media seeing a, 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 a little kid a little little girl exposing her parents and asking her mm-hmm. why are you looking at this situation like this mm. it's it's wrong yeah and uh, that, that, that actually is something that makes me smile. Yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to have that difficult conversation, especially with your parents, people that you love. Mm. Uh, but also looking at uh, changing people's narrative or spe- perspective on how to, to look at that specific situation. And I think that's where it actually starts. Uh, without that, it's very difficult to make a change and then Just for you that, had some real good sorry.
3: examples of like in in holland as well and also like um maybe you have dennis as well because i i you know it's one thing like london and america but then like obviously we're now in amsterdam and how is it here i think i've had a couple of incidents here but like obviously i've only been here for like four years so like it'd be good to know from you guys perspective in like in amsterdam like what have you felt what have you seen
10: yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna start off. Uh, where to start? Well, um, wait, just
1: before you start, where where, where what's your background? And what's your uh, I'm Egyptian. The so, Egyptian, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Dariq. Sorry, my name is Tariq.
10: <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah. So so racial profiling is is very much alive here. Uh. That's something that I have experienced. Also, my family members, my brothers. Um. There's a actually funny thing. What Nathan was saying when he his father was in in, in Toronto running, uh, we spoke before yeah, on, or yeah, touched literally. on that. Uh, my brother, he was 17, and he was actually running for a bus. Can okay, you imagine? He was running for a bus and he got tackled by the police, saying, "Why are you running?" Mm. So, so the thing is, without actually being uh, asked or having any uh, having done anything wrong. Uh, you being stopped like that it's it's not fair, it's fucked up, but yeah, then again, they release you without any apologies or whatever, but it's just based on how you look and you're running. Um, yeah, I, I think if he would been from a different ethnicity, he wouldn't have been stopped. It would've, they would have they would have thought, hey, this guy is running just to catch his bus. And we're talking about a seventeen-year-old. So, like, it's it's
1: it's it's mad that you say that because that's stuff that we're very used to, like from from London sort of way. But obviously, we've come over here as as, as immigrants and, and working in in the, the fields that we do. So we're kind of oblivious to the way that the police react to people that are natively from here. So how does how is the relationship between um, the police here and uh, minority groups?
10: Um. Let me start off by saying that not all cops are bad obviously. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> I have I've had some 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 officers being polite and nice and uh approaching a, in a normal manner. Uh but you have others that actually just yeah, it's it's I don't know how to how to exactly uh describe it maybe the way Kwame de- describe it is like the hint <laughs> it's very yeah, silent yeah. it's very uh, I'm just doing my job, but I have to inspect you, and I just need to check your your car for maybe illegal substances or whatever <laughs> and I'm like, okay, why? but do I fit a description? Is there something that 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 that, that there's a reason for that mm. uh, but yeah it it uh, it happens, and it's yeah. It really sucks, actually. Yeah. It's always like again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of things.
5: Well, I had something to say if we're on the topic of the Netherlands, where we've all, in one way or another, like I think yeah. most of us are expats, like yeah. adopted city is Amsterdam. Um, <sighs> when I moved here ten years ago, I'm, I grew up in the south. I grew up in Florida, um, so I think my experience in this room represents a whole other level yeah. of like i there this overlying like cloud of racism that we're talking about now like that is in your face every single day it's overt but it's also implicit and it's it's every day and i know i have privilege of being a light-skinned caribbean woman i i get that and i'm very aware but believe me when i say It is every day, and you've uh, Dennis also lived in Alabama, so that's something we can unpack as well. Um, But while we're on the moment of Holland, like when I moved here ten years ago, and I got uh, like became aware of Zwarte Piet. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone in this room can agree that's fucked up, Mm -hmm. and it's not a tradition for children; it's a tradition for racists. Yeah, um, Yeah. period. (laughs) But as I've lived here and engaged with so many different people from all backgrounds and all shades, right? Uh this, this got me into thinking of a conversation last year because um, I've been, like, appalled by Zvartopete. I grew up seeing, like, pickaninnies which I think you guys call gollywogs mm. in the UK. Like, that shit is everywhere you go to a friend's house. Like, you're just immediately told... Like, I don't respect you. Even if it's just one or two dolls on the shelf, that's how you feel as a little kid stepping into somebody's home. Immediately you're uncomfortable. Because I knew that that was a symbol of something negative. Yeah. And I've spoken to so many friends here. Um, and and last year I got into a conversation with a black friend of mine. She's Surinamese, Dutch, um, like first generation born here. She's like around 40. And legit, she was like, I just didn't know that Pete was so bad, as bad as it was. Like I knew I got called Pete at school and that felt like shit, but I didn't really understand why. And I mm. literally spent probably an hour or two hours schooling her on the history of like the minstrel culture, blackface, pickaninnies, gollywog, just all this fucking horrible stuff from history. Like she's a... 40-year-old black woman in Amsterdam, and she had no clue of this history because she was an immigrant family, and they were like, hey, just, we got to assimilate. We're new here. Just, you know, it sucks, but keep your head down. Like Mm. like you were mentioning earlier, this Mm. is why now all of us are like, good, glad. We don't need to feel ashamed for being, like, proud and loud Mm. because all the time so many of us in this room I know have been told, like, you don't need to be the angry black woman right now. You don't need to be the angry black man right now and so we we suppress it and I think my friend in particular her mind was blown she did not know this history and it broke my heart that I have to be the one to tell it to her Mm. and again just being able to look at her and understand we walk in the world still with a shared experience but a different experience and that she had no clue this this horrible history behind it so I think that there's a lot of reckoning and it's not just right we're talking about White people are like having a reckoning now, but it's also awake- an awakening in our own culture, in ourselves. It's like an interpersonal Definitely. conversation yeah. as well. And Definitely. I think, yeah, you of course know a lot more about living yeah. in the Netherlands and experiencing here longer, but that was something I wanted to share because that experience blew my mind mm. last year. Uh, this was last year.
4: Uh, sorry, sorry just uh, I wanted to touch on Tariq because I think he's a unique character here. But, um, <laughs> you know... You you just said you're Egyptian, right? Well, nothing wrong with that, right? And I, this whole process taught me that the skill, most to me, is the skill of how the Westerners are, or the white man, so to speak, is so good at the, at the art of the art of art of uh, reduction. Like you know, you're polish, you, you can speak in you, you know your are your your, your your you have a vocabulary in three languages: Arabic as well, right? In Dutch, Netherlands, Engels, and um, Arabic. And no matter what you do, no matter what level you ascribe to. You always be oh he's not Dutch he's Egyptian right mm. and to, and and I also want to not sure you on the bus but you're my guy I also want you to speak about your um <laughs> so, so your, your your experiences growing up because you know we came as internationals because I hate the word expats because example of it, it, white privilege or European privilege right but um yeah um, speak about some of your experiences growing up with 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 with, with Pete if you don't mind yeah. <laughs> try to try to you pass so it my, my mic is gonna have two in both his hands
10: so um coming back to your first thing about me growing up, actually being a foreigner in my technically home. Uh, because I do see the Netherlands as my home, because I grew up here. Uh, I'm, I'm actually more a foreigner in my home country, weird enough. Um, it's a bit weird, because when you go to Egypt, I haven't been there for almost 11 years, but when I go there, I'm a tourist. And when I come back to the Netherlands, oh, you um, you're not Dutch, but where where do you actually come from? So, dude, I I speak the language. I have a Dutch passport. I, I'm almost as Dutch as it gets. I'm still proud from wh- where I'm f- of where I'm from. Obviously, I'm Egyptian, but still, <laughs> uh, I, I'm 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 raised here. Uh, so that's always a topic. But if we then look at at for instance, you guys when you come here f- for instance to work, uh, you guys were are are seen as a expat. I'm seen as an immigrant. What's the difference <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also work here. Yeah. My parents happen to be uh from a different country, it's the same thing, mm. but yeah um so yeah it's it's a it's a constant struggle you don't feel home almost, but then again, there's also other people that make it feel home for you yeah. so it's uh, it's it's kind of um how can I say that in a proper way uh, yeah, I think that's bittersweet and uh, that's what comes and <laughs> just uh. But yeah that's that's true that's very much true. And uh coming back on, on on zwarte Piet, I think you uh you made a really good um example people don't know what the history is and that's not taught. So they give you the it's it's like um giving you the, the treat, but not being capable of tasting what it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm, I'm it's very Yeah, no no, but, but it makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, so people think, "Oh, uh, Pete is just a kid's party. you ruin it for everybody." No, that's that's seriously the argument that they're making. But people are very ignorant on uh, or not knowing on on the history uh, where it comes from, and it's they don't teach it at school. No, that's what they they go into. They don't teach at school. So now, how can you uh, condemn something that where you're not actually knowledgeable about? The
1: everything that's taught in history from like in England and in America and I guess here in 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 the Netherlands is based around the the success of like West, the western world True. but it's told through the eyes of them and without the intricacies of how this actually happened yeah. because if you really get into the nuts and bolts of well let's talk about England for a little bit the the great british empire that's pillaging plunder in different countries around the world for the sake of the crown jewels, like well, what? Who, who? did you say the other day? <laughs> the coconut. Was he saying? What did you say, Enkiar? What, what? What's the What's the jewel called? The Kukinor. The Kukinor. Kukinor. Yeah. <laughs>
10: <laughs>
1: exactly. it. Exactly. I didn't. you know what I'm saying? But yeah, like we don't know. We don't know. Well, we're not taught that in schools, and it's unless unless you do your own independent learning, then you're like, oh shit, this stuff is fucked up. That's you know. So but you're gonna say something. Anna, yeah. Hi, can you hear me? Yes.
11: Okay, let's let's do a quick introduction. Uh, so my name is Anna. Yes. Uh, I'm from Slovakia, which is um, as wide as it can get, probably, the country. Yeah. And um, I've been in an interracial relationship for the past four years, I believe. Yes, yes. And basically… <laughs> There's <laughs> some doubt. some doubt in Sorry. I just wanted to see kind of <laughs> um, like how this… Um, because it's going to be a little bit different perspective, but… Mm-hmm. Basically what I wanted to say that I um, relate so much what like people are saying here about um, you don't know what you don't know because this is really uh, what I realized like in past couple of weeks, I've actually um, was privileged in the sense that my parents accepted uh, my relationship and never never gave me like a hard time for that. And I really am thankful for that. But I understood that I've never really understood what... Um, what people with what black people basically go through and i've never had that conversation with steven Mm. unless this week until this week sorry so what i wanted to say is like what we see is like even people in in slovakia there is no education whatsoever on this topic there is no conversation in your household you know these things don't happen and despite i was um, with him for such a long time um and i obviously, um have a lot of black friends and I don't necessarily differentiate that. Like, I don't feel at all I've ever been racist in my life. Like, I feel like that there was such a big missing piece for me to really understand this topic and and try to, like, help a little bit more mm. because, like, all I could do right now was, like, um, having a conversation, but, like, if I want to create change, I need to understand the history piece and that is so important mm. and I feel like that that's one thing that I, I hope that I can have a conversation with my parents, you know, I can have a conversation with my sisters, with my friends back there yeah. and hopefully um, change something.
1: Let's, let's talk about that for a little bit as well, like... How- Oh, shit. Okay, go, yeah. go, go. Can go. you hear me? Yeah, bro, I can yeah. hear you loud so, and clear um, my gym. Back
9: to, uh, I guess, um, the Black experience in the Netherlands, if um, if you want to call it that way. So, to Lily's point, so I grew up in a, like I said, Black neighborhood. I went to a Black school and we celebrated Swat the Beat. And to us, it was like, Hey, we're getting candies, we might get a day off or whatever, so mm, we're fine mm, with that. Mm, mm. And then until like five years ago, like you become more aware, well like, oh, wow, this shit is actually super racist. Like I really get mad when I see people celebrating it. So I definitely believe that that's where in the Netherlands we got a long way to go to make sure that we correct that. Um, apart from that, like living in Alabama, um, I lived in Alabama for a year and- um, I was telling Lily, like, I live in the Netherlands my whole life, never spoke to a cop, never had any interaction with the police. I guess I don't know what that says about me. And in Alabama, I was literally going to school, running, right? So we had the Ahmad, uh, the Ahmad story that happened in Georgia. That could have been me because I had the same experience. I was running on campus, jogging. Police cop pull over say, hey, um, we heard there was a break-in in the area and you, you you fit the description. Put me on the hood of the car, search me. I showed him my student ID, looking up. They ran everything, background checking. and I was like, okay, you can go. And I was like, to me, I was like a little bit stunned because mm. I do not know what was going on. Mm. And I thought about like, wait, I live in the Netherlands. I've never spoken to a cop. And then in two weeks' time, a week later, I was walking on campus. This university driver pulls over saying, hey, um, there has been a, somebody who was uh, recently raped on campus and uh, you fit a description. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So I was like... So I talk about, I'm like, wow. So, I mean, in the Netherlands, we get a long way to go in terms of, like, racial issues. But trust me, I think we are way in a better situation than people in the U.S. Mm. Of course, we got, like, a long way to go in terms of the job market and how, um, how um, pe- black people are not discriminated or people from color are not discriminated. But I think when it comes to the way that we live together in a society, we are in a much better place than in other places. Like, I've been to Spain. And I was happy. I went to Barcelona and I was looking around for black people having like normal jobs. I saw a black person working in a restaurant and I was happy. I'm like, wow. I'm glad at least a black person was a waiter. You know what I'm saying? Instead of a black person standing on the beaches selling those items. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, Went to Milan, went to a store, had this this security guy walking all the way, walking behind me the whole time. You know what I'm saying? So... We have our issues in the Netherlands, but I believe that compared to other places, we are more way more advanced. I mean, we got uh, we got lots of work to do, but we're more way more advanced like countries like other countries around. So, just make sure that we also keep that perspective on.
5: So, when we're talking about advancing the story, right, advancing the reality, the history, the truth, I think that yeah, we all have a lot of our cultures have a long way to go. Um, last night, I had a German friend over and. Um, at first i was like oh, can we just watch harry potter and like not talk about it? and like i'm i'm talked out um but then she told me a story which made me realize okay you're on my level like let's we, let's like cathartically talk about this and um the reason i realized you know she's actually way more in the know than i ever credited her for mm-hmm. like we've touched on these conversations but i really was a bit surprised like wow you really know a lot of about this like we're stepping in almost on the same level of a conversation and she was like yeah because in germany we're taught about the holocaust it's horrible but it's part of our history and it really happened and we need to um you know take responsibility for it and teach the next generation how truly horrific it was so we can make amends and we can move forward together and I think mm. you know South Africa did that after they ended apartheid and that was things, only 25 right? years ago yeah. they've made a ton more progress than America has made in 400 years yeah. America refuses to talk about it right. and we have history that's totally whitewashed and basically lies mm. I mean they say in some history books like slaves were happy and they were all friends even like, in
1: geography America's it, in the yeah. middle of the map
5: yeah well right? that's the Ameri- hey that's, the that's uh, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack with The way America does this. But I think um, her point yesterday is exactly what we all need to focus on, right? Like we can all learn more. No matter where you are coming into this conversation, we can all learn more. And taking responsibility for the history, as horrible as it is, let's just... Call a spade a spade. Mm. Like, none of us are responsible for what happened mm. 400 years ago. We can't blame white people mm. that, that are living with us today. It's not your fault. Mm. You can agree that it's fucked up. But let's have a real conversation and let's state the facts. Mm. Then we can really actually move forward and mm. not keep living in this weird bubble of denial. Yeah. And, like, irresponsibility. That's
1: for sure. Oh, you're going to say something, Stephen?
3: No, I think you were gonna lead into the education part. Um, I was going to
1: and okay. I was just gonna I literally just forgot the point I was gonna make off tobacco That's, Lilies. Back. it's almost actually I remember now, it's almost like if the fact that you choose to deny that it existed is the is the main problem. Like if you confront it and you talk about it, it's like all right, cool, you wanna do something, you wanna figure out what are the solutions to get better or to or to make this a better place. But the fact that when people are like, oh, that was my great-great-great-granddad. Like, it's got nothing to do with me. It's like, bro, this is the problem. Like, if it's got nothing to do with you, then you, you should be able to sit down and talk to me about it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Let's talk about it and hash it out because there's some issues that affect my people that has continu- that continues to play in the minds of all of, like, young black or black men and women or people of colour and minorities. Whereas you, whether you not know, like it or not, have benefited from your great 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 granddad's thing whether or not it was your problem or not you still benefit from it today and um yeah I was gonna t- that, that leads into kind of like how do we start talking to people like our friends our family like what are the right things to, how do you approach those conversations because I feel like yeah. it's a very as I said before there's a lot of people on different paths on on in this thing right now and some people need to be like confronted some people might have, need to be like baby stepped into so like I don't know, does anyone feel like they want to talk about how they go about so educating for, people?
3: So for me, because I probably had more conversations this week than any point in time. Like There was like, you you were trying to get me to... I don't know what you wanted me to do, but I didn't do it for like five hours. But like, I was just having conversation after conversation. But um, I think it comes down to when you know someone, then you can have a conversation with them. So like I've had several conversations with people that I have... A relationship with and it was different from the people I didn't have a relationship you approach it differently but I think it's uh about opening a dialogue and listening to each other and um what I said to like one colleague this week is that because of all the like media and the stereotype like people have already pre-built that um being black is like a disease or a cancer so like th- you, you make it so much bigger in your mind because um whatever the systems in place have taught you that it's so much bigger. But I was saying to them, like, uh, being black is wonderful. It's like my identity, I'm happy with it. Like, But when you come and try and approach this topic, in your mind, you've already built it up to something that it's not. I, so I said to them, like, this week, all it would have taken was um, yeah, understanding you might be going through some, it's a difficult time. Um, how are you feeling? I'm here if you need. I said, like, you would do this if someone had a cold, if someone like that. Like, but because you've made being black something it's not, uh, you've made it such a big issue that you don't even want to come and have a conversation about it. So before we even get there, like, people need to feel comfortable with, like, uh, being black is not a disease and it's something to be celebrated and it's completely normal because when you can overcome that barrier, then this whole, oh, I didn't know how to touch the subject. Like, you just need to ask, how, how are you feeling? And, and be there. And I think... um. One of some of the conversations that I've had is just kind of listening to other people's point of views and saying like okay, cool. So my big thing this week was the fact that no one um, none of my like white colleagues reached out to me this week. I had to go and reach out to them. So I just said I started off with saying, okay cool. Um, this is how this is how it made me feel and then also going there and just making assumptions. Like, I, I know you probably didn't mean to make me feel like that, but I felt like this can I understand like your point of view? And then they are opening up and then saying, uh, so I had a really great conversation about someone that said, oh, I don't see no color. So I said to him, "That that's, that's great. But like um, when you say you see no color, to some people, it means you don't see my struggle. You don't see my identity. You don't see my pain. You don't see who I am. You are completely closing your eyes to me. What you mean to say is I do not discriminate. And I said, like, so having that conversation helped that person to understand, okay, cool. Like, it's up to them. And I said, and the thing here is to say that there's no right or wrong. Because, like, some black people say, like, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Or some people will. But, like, we had the conversation and that person was aware that actually someone may have a different opinion to him. So it's like, okay, next time he's going to have that conversation. You know, he has to phrase it better because we've had that conversation. So for every person that was cool with that, there's also someone that's thinking that you're purposely choosing to ignore their identity or close your eyes to their pain and suffering. So I said, rather than see no color, for me, it would be good if you could say, like, I choose not to discriminate. But at the same time, you need to acknowledge that that person is a black person. This week has been a traumatic week and they may be feeling some type of way. So I think it's really important to listen on both ways and just say, this is how I feel. I assume you didn't mean to make me feel that way. Um, what was it like for you? And mm-hmm. then that's when you can have real conversations. Yeah.
1: Um, that's 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 super dope, man. Um, does anyone else want to add, add to that? Before I... Yeah? Go, Lily.
5: Just... Um tagging something on to what you said i think that this is the first week that a lot of our white friends and family have realized um we see ourselves in this kind of brutality we see ourselves when all these negative media portrayals all these horrible stories that have existed for generations i think it's the first time even a lot of my white friends have realized that like I see myself reflected in that. I see my family, I see my father, I see my cousins, I see my friends reflected in these terrible images and that it affects us on an individual level even though we didn't know the people that have lost their lives this week, last week, 50 years ago, on and on. We don't know them personally, but we feel it. We're affected by it more than... I think people just didn't really acknowledge that. And I think maybe as a community now we're all we're grieving together and we're saying more loudly like we need to grieve together and we need you guys to also grieve with us that's so powerful just coming out of this week I feel like it's totally different now
7: yeah Yeah, I get a bit riled up with this because like um sorry speaking to the mic um I think it's great like uh Similar to Stephen, um, this week, Tuesday, went into work. No one had reached out to me. It, it was it was my first meeting. Uh, it was with um, different members in different countries, and I was like, you know what, I I need to open up to to tell people how I'm feeling, like what's what what's happened over the last seven days. Um, uh, we need to talk about it, um, and it was encouraging. You know. Uh, Parts of my team were sharing their thoughts. Um, I was really honest with them. It was like, hey, we need this awareness. I then had a leadership team meeting. And I, uh, I wanted to open up the, the discussion on black lives and how I was feeling. But for some reason, it didn't. And, you know, it was just business as usual. Um, and towards the end of the call, I was like, I'm really sorry, guys, but I need to bring this up. Like, you're a leadership team. And just like, I want to let you know this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. It would be remiss of me not to mention something and then and then you know I shared I shared my pain obviously the fact that I was at a protest with with a few of the guys here and then it was like oh yeah you know it's it's you're right it is important and then following that uh, um, I, I had people reach out to me and then I was uh, I was over I was on other geocalls where I was sharing just some of my experiences and I think that's really important that you make people aware of what you've been through, uh, uh, um, the injustice you have to go through, um, the the, the, stereotypical, the stereotypical things that you spoke about earlier and what black people need to just consider before entering a room of, of white colleagues. Um, but similarly, I've, I've, I've had people reaching out to me, uh, um, and it's, it's it's been varying levels. Um, whether it's, you know, someone reached out to me I was like, um, but why isn't the black square enough? And it's like, wow. and it's like I've got to explain to them the reasons why like because you know we can speak up but we need action we need change yeah. um similarly it's like people keep telling me that you know they get pissed off about looting i'm like do you know what i'm like cool it's 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 wrong i don't condone it but us as middle-class citizens we, we can't judge as to why people do what they do drugs are illegal but people still do it uh, um But so, you know, it's like another colleague was like, yo, how are you? Um, I want to talk about this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know what? I done a lot of talking this week. You know what? I'm I'm a bit, you know, it's it's been a bit heavy. Um, But next week, we'll talk about it. But in the meantime, during the weekend, if you're free, watch 13th. Watch When They See Us. You know, watch Hello White Privilege. It's it's me, Chelsea. And I was like watch those things come back to me and then we'll talk Uh, um but i think it's important that every one of us um every day when we're speaking to people is like make them aware of your experiences so they know what is going on because only through that then they can start to see
1: but but nath do you think is do we do you think we have to be letting people know what it's like to be black every single day like uh, and this is just me playing devil's advocate cuz i agree that you should you should be like educating people by sharing your experience but should it be on us to be like yo guys you shouldn't say that you shouldn't be doing this or should it be like okay i know that this is a problem remember we didn't create racism you know we can't be charged with the with the with the the, the thing to fix it we never brought it into this world like but if you realize and recognize that it's wrong surely it should be on you to be like okay I need to take the necessary steps to help this get, get right. Do you know what I mean?
7: Yeah, yeah, but society has been ignorant for a, a very long yeah. time. Yeah. You know, even with the NFL now coming out and saying, you know what, maybe we, we didn't... Um, maybe. You know, appreciate what mm. was happening. So now well, we now to, you know. Now we want to rectify it. Uh, um, So even Cap protesting... It wasn't enough. Mm. Uh, and I think just the response I've got from my white colleagues have been like, uh, you know, I didn't realize. Uh, thank you for being honest and sharing this. And I was like, then at some level, then they seem as a human kind of thing. Mm. It's like, uh, actually, is this is something that I need to acknowledge. Mm. Uh, um, so, hey, uh, no, it's, it, it isn't our responsibility. Mm. Mm. Um, it, it has been heavy, I have been drained. Um I think I told a few people it's like I can't afford to be tired or drained uh, um because my grandparents went through what they went through and like in comparison it's nothing.
1: Yeah.
7: Don't get me wrong, m- mentally it's it it's exhausting uh, um but you know I used to be scared to speak up. Yeah. In some sense. Yeah. Uh, um because I what, what
1: what I, was that? Why why though? Huh? Why? Why?
7: Uh, because I, I didn't want to be perceived as um, the black guy playing the race card. Mm. You know, I didn't want to speak up a, a, a work because, you know, uh, he's just being rebellious. Mm. You know, I didn't want to harm my career. Mm-hmm. But like, now is the time, you know, to yeah. to speak up and just encourage people to even
1: educate themselves yeah 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 um yes yes
2: so i was just gonna say just to add to the point in terms of like sharing your story and it's been as you said like a really emotionally exhausting week for so many of us and keep on repeating the story um uh, feels um yeah sometimes good sometimes you're low energy but you still want to do it but one of the things i did this week is I, i kind of wrote everything down i think i've shared it with a few of you guys wrote it all down and i've just been forwarding that to people i'm like I don't care. I'll just send you. Because I put the energy into writing it was such a therapeutic process, even to mm, write it down. Because mm. as soon as those, you have to formulate the words in a way that somebody completely new to the situation is going to understand them. Yeah. They're there, kind of eternalized uh, on you know on a document. Mm. And I've just been forwarding it to people because, and then I'm like, cool, you understand my story. At some point, we can discuss it. At some point, maybe we don't, but I, I almost don't have to uh, use the energy in that moment, but we can come back to it and can re- revisit it. So, I really found that to, to be such a useful thing to mm. do. So, mm-hmm. and, and I agree, it's like not our responsibility, but yeah. then it's something that we can do. Yeah. And, and it feels good. Like for me, that feels more than posting a black square okay. or whatever that is. I wrote an email. Like yeah. that's that's one of my things. That's one of my steps. I wrote an email. I shared it. I'm happy to discuss it.
1: Okay. Oh, um, go on, go on, Dennis. Go on.
2: Um, so
9: with me, my perspective on this is that I feel like right now um we black people, how this is how I see it, that we begging instead of demanding, right? Um, because we begging for treat treat me fairly, we begging for equality. No, we should demand it. So if I'm so let's use the example of um Kaepernick in the NFL, right? It happened in 2017. I saw that, I was like, oh fuck that, I'm not watching the NFL. Believe me, I'm a big NFL, I play American football, I love the football, I decide not to watch, right? What happened at that point in time was as worse as happened now. We talking about Walter called getting shot in the back. You know what I'm saying? Running away, mm-hmm. he got shot shot in the back eight times. Right? Okay. So we had at that point in time, we the NFL players, black people, we had a we had a chance to make a demand. Stamped. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Saying that, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna play a single game until you owners go talk to your buddy, because they're all friends with Donald Trump and them. Right? They're all friends with them. They could say, hey, I'm not playing a single game. Until y'all go tell your buddies that, hey, this is what we want. You know what I'm saying? Because they would have fixed it. Because all these owners are are friends with governors, right? They're friends with senators. They're friends with, with, they know people in Congress. So once it starts hitting their pocket, that's when they will start actually doing something about it, right? Another point is that right now, this is also a very key point right now. So right now we have like people like LeBron James, LeBron James speaking out on this and that. I love it. But what if LeBron, right? Call ten of the NBA players and say, "Hey, listen, we're not going to play a single game, right?" He's listen. He's not saying he's not saying that. Listen, he's calling the people that know that I can afford not to have a career, right? The ten players that have money and say, "Hey, we're not going to play a single a single game." Talk to somebody who understands how the law works. So talk to Obama. Listen, hey, how does the law work? How can we demand the owners to help black people being treated right? Go to the owners and say, "Hey, this is what we want from you. It should be realistic." It should be something that we know the owners can do, right? Tell them we're only gonna play a single game once you guys, once you guys make those changes. And trust me, it is gonna happen. Cause you know what happened this week? The stock market was super high. You know what I'm saying? So nobody gives a fuck. You know what I'm saying? We out here protesting and doing all that shit. They don't give a fuck as long as they get their money. You know what I'm saying? So if we want to have a change, if we want things to change, we need to demand that shit. We're not going to be out here protesting and shit. That, that shit doesn't work. This is what's going to happen. Fucking other corona is going to happen and they're going to forget all about this shit. You know what I'm saying? So you demand know. that shit. As long as it starts hitting their pocket, that's when people are like, okay, well, I'm losing money. Look at what happened. Look at what happened with corona. These people in Michigan went down there with guns to say, hey, open up the economy because we're losing money. That's the only way they'll be they'll be listening to us. So I enjoy the conversation that we're having, but at a, at a certain time, we black who got to look at ourselves like, hey, are we going about this the right way? Are we demanding or are we begging for that shit?
7: Yeah? Yeah, I hear you on that, man. I hear you on that. I feel like it's not enough to donate. No. It's like it's like we've been donating for years to black communities, black friends, you know, comic relief, red nose day. Like we're still oppressed, you know, still extorted like it's just not making a difference. I see I see um What's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio saying that he's going to donate. But it's like, yo, we can get money. Like, just, I, I need you, Leo, to speak to fucking Hollywoods. I need you to speak to, as, as Dennis said, uh, uh, um, police forces, governments. Like, let's just take all this money just to reform the judicial system, police forces. Like, that's where you're making change. Um, and I, uh, I think we'll get onto brands later on.
10: I think even the people can can you imagine if if the if the if the black community stopped buying for one single day. They just took a strike July 7th. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a, like a 300 trillion uh, market. That's that's huge so if if you as a community even you don't you're not even dependent on uh a LeBron James or Obama or even fucking Trump, sorry for my language
1: like um
10: yeah so so even that if you just stop for even a week just the, not purchasing anything fam, you're gonna hit the
1: economy there's one point two trillion dollars in the black community There you go but yeah it's the, it spends i think it circulates in our community the least like the shortest amount of time. Like I think it's about a few seconds that it stays in our community. Like we get it and we spend it. We give it to someone else. And I think um to your point, Dave, yeah, we should be looking at brands and systems and but we also need to be looking at ourselves. We need to be looking at how we can support black businesses, how we can support people that are around us that are putting things up. Like that that's what's gonna keep the money and keep us being able to generate wealth further beyond what these systems can do because we had it before. There was a Black Wall Street, but in fact, the reason why they tore it down is because they can't see us organized, right? That's why they had the whole assassination things and whatever was going on in the sixties and whatever. But um I'd like to talk about just like oh, you want to talk. Come, on. You, you've, got your, you've got your. um <laughs> Kwame was doing. This. Lean lean forward. I want to talk talk stance. Um I just want to talk about like we're all in creative industry, right? I want to just to see. What you guys felt about the response from brands? What do you think brands can be doing, and um, what you would like to see see from them? Um, yeah, but, uh, Your mic's not on, though.
4: Shock, fam! Not my fault. Jesus. I- <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah, like a lot of times, a lot of brands have I've always been interested in like the bottom line, right? So I see text, I see words. What are you saying? Like, what is, this, what, what, is this, what does it actually saying, mean? Bruv. Do you understand? Honestly. Like, you, 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 you can say, oh, um, we stand for our black community. Okay. But what's the action? Like, what 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 point are you taking? How are we how are you how are you inciting change or like Netflix said, oh, we stand with our black community because we oh, our black talent or our black guests. That that's not the it sh- shouldn't be because you hire however many black actors. It should be just because it's right and wrong. Mm. And Netflix, you have billions or millions to play with. Mm. Do something with it. Mm. Invest. Mm. Educate. It's um, a two way street. Inspire exactly. Yeah. Mm. And the, um, so, so, so many times, I think people think that, like Nathan said, donating is enough. No, it's not. What you need to do is to educate. There's so many kids growing up that have no idea that there are jobs available for people. You understand? Like there, there, there might be someone. In the Balmat in Southeast London, or in a, 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 a ghetto in Paris, right? And they and like they are from a young age, they have a fashion sense, mm. and they're like, oh, maybe I need to go to school, mm. learn fashion and marketing. Mm. No, what we brand need to do is build workshops and show these kids that you could be a buyer. You could travel the world Mm. because you have an eye for fashion. You understand? You can make a lot of money and inspire people just for for your talent of expressing yourself through clothing. It doesn't have to be books per se, but because that child maybe is not aware of a career opportunity, they'll be like, okay, they'll do business marketing. You understand? I wouldn't place that all on brands though. That's also in the schooling system. That's true.
1: Because if you think about it, who were the kids that were deemed the ones that were bad? The ones like... The three R's—reading, writing, and arithmetic—are the, the things that you're probably looked at and saying, "Okay, if you can do those 3 this you're smart." Yeah. If you're good at drawing or like drama, yeah. or you do all of these things that are like—I don't know—it's like, okay, yeah, whatever, sort yeah. of thing, right? And you're not really taught to hone those those skills, especially as a young a young kid in school. If you're good at drawing, they might be like oh yeah you're alright but they won't tell you that like, if you keep, keep on doing this yeah. you can be a designer yeah. you can do this I think it's, it starts in schools too and I think it is right that brands should be able to t- go into schools and work with schools to say this is what, what's available but it definitely starts with the schooling system because yeah. if you don't get that right then you've got kids that are hella talented believing
10: that they ain't shit That they don't make no sense they're assessing the talent actually wrong mm. that's I think yeah. how, how mm. you exactly. explain it at the end um yeah, but I think that's then a wider thing, a wider topic. is yeah, the School yeah. system. I know,
1: I know, I know. I, I know I <laughs> fucked it, but I just back to the brands. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> yes. Sean. Yes. Um,
6: just a quick one to, to Keith's point. I, I do think it starts at home, and Keith, you can probably relate to to, the, to me with this. Growing up in a South Asian household, we had three jobs: IT, doctor, or mm. you know, somewhere in in that field. And if you didn't go down that route, you, you didn't make it. Yeah, you couldn't have those conversations with the family. Your mom and dad couldn't be proud of you or yeah. whatnot. And it also starts at home, like whether it's a creative industry or whatever it is, the encouragement and the education needs to come from your parents. Mm. And in my day and age, my mum and dad weren't that clued up to have that conversation with me. But now we have a responsibility to make sure we yeah, were for to sure. have that conversation. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we can go to the system and the whatnot, uh, but we do need to look at ourselves in terms of how that message is. Yeah. Up and forward. yeah. it's
10: also part of uh opportunity and perspective um being so a person of color for instance it's difficult to find an internship difficult to find a, a job yeah. uh that's also if i'm coming back to that yeah, as yeah, well yeah, yeah. these these opportunities need to be created by companies such mm. as a uh, nike and adidas of those worlds so i'm not saying they're not hiring more people of color uh, obviously there, there is but they can do much more. They can do workshops, they can inspire kids and do uh, I much more.
8: Have something to say on that.
1: So, yes. Stay your name, gangster. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, I actually
8: came to Amsterdam. Speaking to yeah. oh, I really hate this. Oh <laughs> my God, this is going to so awkward. Okay, so um, I came to Amsterdam straight from India, and um, I actually got invited to Amsterdam by another agency, not by Wyden and Kennedy. And there was a black woman who was uh, interviewing me at that point in time. And this is this is where I feel like, you know, it's our responsibility to help each other out. Black, people of color, queer, trans, everything. It's, it's up to the minority to sort of come together and just help each other out. Because this lady told me um, I had more experience than the person that I was coming with but they offered us both the same salary, which I was still okay with, because I mean, you know, she studied abroad, I might have a little more experience, but that's totally fine. Um, I did a bit of research, I found the base salary, and this lady offered us literally the exact base salary one would require to be able to move here from India. And um, I did the math, I think it left us with about like 900 euros after paying rent and stuff like that. I was like, dude, I can't fucking live on that kind of money. Like, what is this? So we spoke to her and we were like, listen, I don't think this is going to work out and stuff like that. She's like, yeah, but you know, uh, I can't take the risk of offering you any more because, you know, you've only worked in India and you might be good in India, but I don't think I can vouch for you here in uh, the Netherlands. And what we're offering you is so much more. What we're offering you is the chance to live in a first world country. You will be given the opportunities that you will never receive anywhere in India. And I was sitting there and I was looking at her. And I was like, I am so fucking sorry. But please understand, I might be from a third world country. But where I live in India, I wake up in the morning. I take my clothes off. I go shower and I come back. My fucking bed is made. There is breakfast lying on my fucking table. I eat it. I go drive myself to work. I come back. There is hot food on the table. I have never had to wash a dish. I have never had to do laundry in my life. So what the fuck are you telling me about better opportunity? And what fucked me up was I was like, you're a black woman. Why are you saying this to me? Like, Mm. you know how hard I have had to work. The kind of shit that I... To just get a motherfucking visa to come here... The kind of hoops I had to jump through was—it was not cool. It was really not that's,
1: cool. And that's and that's 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 stuff that we've been chatting about, okay? Like, and we've mentioned it on the FOD as well. The fact that we've been separated and torn apart so much that we can't even t- see when it's happening, you know. And we really, really need to come together and try and help each other wherever we can, um, wherever we can, wherever there's opportunities, wherever um you can give a leg up to someone else you should because that's how it's going to happen i think one of the 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 the, the biggest things for me that's happened in this one second ginips in the building team mascot work on um one of the things that i think that i i've noticed the most in this time right now that we're in is Yes, our parents would have protested. Yes, our parents lived through struggle and they lived through um, terrible, terrible racism. The reason why it feels so different is that now there's more people of colour and people of minorities in higher positions in industries that they've never been in before. And this is where we can start making a change or at least start talking up and be heard amongst those people. Because back then, well, my dad worked for BT or still does for and has done for years, but... At that time, British telecommunications isn't gonna hear nothing from Byron Kenlock. Yeah. No, no, they don't wanna hear from B. They wanna hear from Uncle B. They, the mm-hmm. the social services don't want to hear from Auntie Sandra. No, they don't want to hear from her because you have a job and you have to just do your job and keep your job. Do you know what I mean? But now there's more of us. Look, like look at us today, like there's bare of us round round the room today, and we're all in sick positions. But it's important for us to make sure that wherever we are. We are continually to, to to push the envelope for us and the, the, the people that are next after us. Because when I came into the industry, yeah, I was looking around like, who am I looking up to? Like, where are my mentors? Where's this guy? Where's that guy? And I'm like, there's not here. They're not here. But really, like, there's going to be someone, yeah. hopefully someone that comes into the industry in the next three, four years that's like, oh, Stephen, Nathan, Kwame, Kieran, do you know what I mean? Tarek, Jenny, yeah. Adil, Ibi. <laughs> and keep Dennis yeah. do you know what I mean like, like everyone's like my like everyone's here like so what I'm trying to say is like yeah it, it might feel like it's a tough a tough situation to be in but we we are we've got a lot of power right now it feels like anyway
4: um, I would say it's two things I think it's um, it's it's um, everything not everything what you said is kind of like Generational and also opportunities. So um, when I say generational, like you know, like you said, you know, our our parents had r- um, jobs at various different companies, but now mm. we're getting to a stage where people in this room, people of of our age group, are becoming senior members of management, are becoming directors. So, uh, but th- those are great positions, but later on. More people of colour, more people of different um colours and creeds will be board members. And that's where the real change of power happens yeah. because you can if a com- if a company is doing something, you're one of six people, or maybe two, maybe three, you understand? So maybe if it's a Black Lives Matter issue in ten, twenty years, there we will be Indian person there. There'll be there'll be there'll be a Maori person there. There'll be uh, you understand So that that's I think that's important, and I think that will come. But we should keep pushing and keep and keep being uh, and keep being excellent. Another thing is opportunities. I think um a lot of times you know and um and uh and Keith you spoke about it, is that we should we should kind of like we should kind of like stick together. It doesn't mean that oh if I'm a a manager at a company and I, and I see a, a young black kid, I'm gonna give him the job. Like I will give the job to the right person, but if I see twelve people who are from Apodorn and there's a thirteenth, then maybe I'll try to give the Indian person or the Russian kid. You understand? It could be a number of things, but also it doesn't have to be a job. It could be advice. It could yeah. be. It could be. It could be mentorship. Like I, I would. I would, as I grow in my career, and as opportunities are happening, and maybe will continue to happen, I will happily charge any company. Like a ridiculous amount of money for consultation, but if a brown kid or a black kid asked me for her advice, I would love to. I would love to give to them for free. You understand? But they have to be able. They have to. They, they, but they have to. They have to want to. Uh, they have to want to. What do you call it? Listen. I remember years ago, I went to. Uh, I went to um, a course, and it was called. It was called like. a working. Yeah. Anyway, it was a. a what I do is supposed to be creative, but the name of the conference was very uncreative, and I was upset. And I was hoping that this course was going to be in Sweden, so I go to Sweden. No, it was in London. So I, I even went to my parents' house to save my company money, but that's never here or there, right? But then there's all these people, and it's like people in the creative industry. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, I only see one Kwame. I don't see a Babatunde. I don't see a Mariah. I don't see a you understand. I don't see a Sanjay or um a uh, uh, Amir or you understand or it felt uncomfortable. And then I remember, like, there was one guy and there's a lot of people working in the canteen and a lot of them were of colour, right? There's nothing wrong with that, I guess. And, like, this, this, young, this young black guy came up to me and he's like, how did you get your job? And I told him. I was like, listen, like, I was working and l- luckily enough, I was in a nightclub and then I, f- then I spoke to a lady that worked for a certain company. I emailed her because I was serious and this all grew because of that, right? And I was like, listen, if you want any advice, email me. That's all you have to do is email me. Now he, now he never emailed me for whatever reason. But if he had emailed me, then like maybe, may maybe something could have grown. But it's like, like I said, we can give each other opportunities, but also just sometimes advice, mentorship, and just knowing that someone has your back. Because um, I, f- I, f- I think, I think Kieran, I spoke to you about this video that that your company had, and that they they, they showed a the kid from the from, from from the southeast that was able to come into this you know high ranking agency, and he sees. Everyone, and he speaks to the manager and director. Has an interview with him, which is a beautiful experience. But imagine the just the calming energy that this young kid from Zaud Oost must have felt when he saw Kieran. Mm-hmm. When he saw Kieran, he saw his dreadlocks, his tattoos, and he's like automatic, automatically he can feel comfortable. Do you understand? He's in he 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 he's in this place, which is which is obviously ironically. Like foreign to him, but now he can feel comfortable. Do you understand? If anything happens about music or, and it's little things, like we're not asking for what white people to be overthrown. We're not saying, hey, listen, overnight, I demand a thousand brown people. No, we're just asking for fairness. We're simply asking for a seat at the table. It's it's not that deep. Do you understand? And um, yeah, so I, I just think we just have to keep being excellent, but if we see anyone coming up, just hey, reach out. Do you, do you want to learn something? And is isn't that we are speaking like we're great people? And it's like no, but sharing is caring, and I really believe we can grow and like like a flower, right? You need you, you need water to grow. So what, if we if you see a little, I'm stop because I'm not really a plant guy, but uh, but <laughs> but, uh, but like um, yeah, like we. we, we, we it, each one to teach one and I think um, we just we should just share more with people from our backgrounds and hopefully yeah. inspire them sorry Stephen you know I think what you touched on is basically how we can have
3: like diversity at all levels represent so it's not just about like, um, like people but like people with diverse experiences because obviously like, I've learned a lot from Anna and her experiences and I'll give the example of myself like when I moved over here for the first time um, I, I came into the office and uh, at that time, yeah, I was the only one in um, in, in football action. I met, I met a deal and I met Jenny later on. But then I was having a really rough time, like, integrating from... And it's, it's just from London to so it's not even... It's a 40-minute flight. It shouldn't even be such a big deal. But um, then, like, I had a different manager, but it wasn't until, like, like Ibi came. like So Ibi came into the team and then I was working closely with Ibi. But then, to your point, um, there was that moment of, like, ah okay cool someone that understands and then like because my problem was I was trying way too hard because I was I felt uncomfortable I was like okay cool I need to do stuff that's not necessarily me but like when once like Ibi came into the team I was like okay cool it's like Mm-hmm. I can be myself now, and then that's really when things accelerate. So, like, we're we're gonna segue. Let's say it right this time. Yeah, you said it right. Yeah, you
1: did. Yeah. God damn!
3: <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> bro. For context, just for context, for context. <coughs> yeah, please.
1: For context, uh, yeah. <laughs> Steven says, Sedgeway as <laughs> segue, Sedgeway <laughs> segue." Yeah, it's sorry. It. It's, uh, regional accents. <laughs> do
3: and do your thing. Do your thing, man. Um, so yeah. For, in, it's about building like diverse teams and I know like Ibi, we spoke about it this week so um, we're going to touch on like where we want to see society in like five years like how do we see things but I I just love to pass it over to Ivie to actually Wait. tell us about kind of like the teams and um, how we can do that because I think you had a really valid point this week and I think it's important that people kind of get into that <laughs> hey guys,
1: thanks. oh turn, turn your mic on turn your mic on turn your mic on turn your mic on turn your mic on
12: please yeah. <laughs> hey so um my name's Ivy. thanks Stephen for for calling me out no problems um, yeah I've I've I really wanted to come here just to kind of listen to everyone else's experiences I've had a lot of interesting dialogue this week and I think you've all made some really interesting and relevant points uh I wasn't intending to speak or not speak but but now I will um I've got a lot to say, but I think I'll just address kind of the, the question that, that you had and, and to everyone. Like, I think there's so many things and, and people have touched on so many different things, but mm. we are asking for opportunity, but those opportunities do need to be accelerated. So I think it's all well saying we're not trying to overthrow the white people. Absolutely, we're not. But we need the opportunities to even be able to get our foot in the door and and be acknowledged whether that's that first interview or... Um, accelerating diverse talent within our teams. Because I think you can all say, yeah, great. Like some of us are in great positions, but the reality is when you look up, there aren't as many people as there should be. And also, if you look at us now, it's not just on us and there should be more diversity at all levels. So I think when you look at brands, companies, and you look at society internally needs to reflect the external not just the way you portray yourself as a brand but it needs to represent society as a whole and i don't think we're necessarily seeing that within all companies industries Uh, and it's great that we can take it on ourselves but there's a collective responsibility and now is the platform that allows us to have these conversations across the board it allows us to push the dialogue and hold people accountable Mm. so when we talk about diversity it also doesn't have to be mutually exclusive Right now, the attention needs to be on Black Lives Matter and black people, but there's so many other minorities that are oppressed right now and that have been for generations and years. So I agree, we do need to push the conversation across all areas and it doesn't need to be mutually exclusive. The Me Too movement gave a platform and we've still got a long way to go around gender diversity, Mm -hmm. but we don't have to... We we didn't. It shouldn't have been just gender diversity. That was the, the moment yeah. at the time, and it was poignant to have that conversation. But right now, we have to acknowledge diversity as a whole. And in two years' time, you don't want to be coming back and going, "Okay, well, what about sexual orientation?" Mm-hmm. Or we should be looking around the table right now and in leadership to have the most diverse teams you can. Um, and I think one example I can use. I had a conversation with um, with a colleague and someone quite senior within where I work, um, which is in the sports industry, brand and marketing. And we talked about when you build a team, when you're in a position of power, and positional power is very important. So if you're a VP or your senior director or president, you've got positional power. So and when you build a team and you look around the table, it's very easy to have a conversation um, to say, well actually I'd love that nationality in because I'm in the European office or the mayor office or wherever it is. And I want to have people of different nationalities to give me a different perspective. And it's only been more recently we've been okay to have that conversation around gender to say, okay, actually, we need to look at the balance of the team here and and look at the representation. But we should be comfortable or uncomfortable, but comfortable enough to challenge it to say, well, actually, we need different diversity. We need people of color that have got different um, experiences. We need different socioeconomic backgrounds. Like not everyone that's gone to the same university, had the same middle class or upper class life. Like you need to understand at different levels. And that goes across all areas, sexual orientation, like everything. The more diverse that we can be, right now, I'm not going to dilute and I don't want to dilute like Black Lives Matter and this is the conversation we need to have and this is the platform to have it. So that was a conversation Stephen and I had earlier around diversity, embracing these conversations and and trying to push um, the the conversation and and, and create action and meaningful steps that are long lasting. Um, So that's what I wanted to share.
1: Yeah, amazing.
3: And I think from that, like looking towards the future in five years time, like where do we all want to see, where do we see the changes or where do we see that we'll be in five years? I think for me, it's just like, Higher representation, and I think the key thing is here. Like, even if like a like a Hispanic person gets uh, promoted, like as we here, we also need to celebrate that because yeah. then what happens is it comes some sort of like like local derby, like we're like like uh, competing with like. No, it shouldn't be that. Like, all diversity is good diversity. So, like, when one person starts to make it, like, we shouldn't see it as a for oh, what about us? Like, you know, we. Sh- the doors slowly being open uh, you know not everybody can come through at the same time but like we need to put those building blocks there and i look forward in like 5 years to seeing like hearing great stories about like um uh, that that kid from like north london that didn't know anything um getting all the way to like um quite a senior position or having some amazing opportunity that's able to spark a generation that like i can be that kid because right now to Ibi's point like you have to go to a certain you have to do things in a certain way but I look forward to tearing up that rule book and thinking like you know success can come from any direction and that's super inspiring so I hope that we can reach that in five years but I'd be interested to hear from anyone else that where they project or would like to see us be in five years time.
1: Yeah, just to let you guys know, this is the random question of the oh, week yeah. as well. Uh from Yaf. He did tell us to ask you guys where you guys would see this.
4: Stephen even kind of hijacked it, but he... it's cool. No, yeah, but he didn't ha- he didn't
1: hijack
3: he it. Cut, you just cut he, it out. He
4: didn't hijack it. He just didn't set the scene. Yeah. I keep telling you set the fucking
3: scene, bro. I just go straight in. <laughs> <laughs> but um
4: yeah, so yeah, Yaf had a great question um where do you think well, we can we can start off if you guys want to think but where do you think society will be in 5 years? Um or, or was it where do you think or where do you so, hope? Show, wait, so from
1: the horse's mouth. Uh, with everything that's transpired over the last few weeks, it looks like change is on the horizon. Where do you guys think society will be five years from
4: now? That was from you. Yeah. So yeah, do you want to? Uh, no pressure. No, um, <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball, but I would definitely like to think that um, like, you know, now we're seeing outrage, right? Now we're seeing, you know, marching. But I would like to see a change in the laws. Mm. And, mm. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to quote his name, but Anyways, uh one of the guys who was very responsible for making sure that all four police officers were rightfully charged and accused of some form of murder or manslaughter was an elected official. So, um you know, we have this Term in the community, you know, like um, keep the same energy. So while where, where we've all been going out and marching, let's also march into the into the march into the booths and the voting booths yeah. and change. We can do it publicly and cause a disturbance, but we also have to do it. We also have to do it politically, mm. because if if we if we if we use our voice more and vote more, then that increases the chance of us. Um, uh, that increases the chance of us hiring decent and fair individuals. Obviously, or, or obviously, we, obviously, we might get it wrong. But like if you speak up, if you if, if you have a voice, you should speak up. And if you haven't, mm-hmm. then you haven't helped the greater cause. Mm-hmm. Um so I would like to see some so some laws changed. And I would just like for people to stop fighting. Like that sounds so hippie and so idealistic, but like if if someone says the term Black Lives Matter, it's not it's not that white lives or any other life doesn't matter. It's black lives matter too, yeah. as well. <laughs> Do you remember what we were saying yesterday. <laughs> yes, excuse, excuse me, sir. Yes, we matter as well. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Do you mind? That's it. That's all we're asking. And um, so I would also like that uh, maybe not five years, but you know, like um, the, the, the 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 youth are very they have, for right or wrong reasons they they know a lot about the world mm. than we might have because of smartphones and the yeah. internet. So maybe they can equip themselves with the tools. So kids growing up or could be more educated and more just more supportive, I guess. Mm. Because, you know, you sp- we spoke about Alabama and Florida and, you know, those years have been, those s- s- places have been um, based on years of a type of behavior. Centuries. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe this could be the start of the change where maybe not five years, but in some time, Amsterdam or London or, you know, Wellington or some place of mm. that has a certain type mm. of energy or, mm. you understand? Yeah. So, yeah. That's, so I'll say laws... Um and just less fighting, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, Kieran? Uh, do you want to go? Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Um, I think for me, I, we've, there's been a, it's been a long time yeah. already, right? Um, I, I don't know when, I can't remember when it started or when it finished, but um, even when it was finished, there was still the psychological damage that systematic or systemic racism and oppression causes on to different people in minorities for the next five years i'd love to see i'm not going to be silly and say it's going to go like that's 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 me like I, i just can't see that happening but what i would love to see is as you say Kwame, like people taking more of a conscious effort to do something by voting um i think i heard somewhere that um the local elections in America are the ones that basically inform your your your, pol- your police state or police force or whatever it is. And if you're not doing that, then it doesn't make any sense. And I think it's the same in the UK too. So I feel like in the next five years, I'd love to see people taking more of an action. Uh, I'd love to see um, there being more opportunities for us in um, in our industries. And I, and that's and this is something that I feel like I want to do. Like, I want to make sure that there's a... a what was that? G- G- <laughs> snoring snoring. Um, I want to... Uh, that's something that I personally want to do and make sure that I, in the next five years that I can say I've helped someone or some people do something within my industry. I feel like if we try, if we try and change everything externally from us, it's going to be very difficult. But I think if we concentrate on trying to create a change within with ourselves and 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 the things that we can connect so the people i know and the places that i go and places that i'm in and involved with what can i do to to inform that change so um i don't know what five years looks like but i I know i'm going to have something to do with the change in it so that's that's just the way i look at that five years i guess for you man
10: um Actually, I'm I'm not even thinking about five years. I'm I'm thinking about now. What can we mm, do now? Mm, mm. Because this this whole discussion is is actually been around for what? How many hundreds of years? Two and they many. they keep telling you or selling you it's gonna it's gonna uh, in a few years it's gonna change. Mm. Uh, five years and then wh- where where do we go from there? So change needs to happen actually right now. That's that's my opinion. And if it's not gonna happen right now, it's not gonna happen. In one year, two years, or three years,
1: needs I, to agree,
11: be now. Agree. I just wanted a quick one. Um, on like, I definitely wanted to acknowledge that the changes on like laws and stuff are super important, but I also was thinking that I hope and this starts now, uh, to, to your point, but like, sh- I hope it's gonna stay. Is that unity that we're seeing right now that is not gonna like stay for this moment, you know, when you see the riots and everything, but they will see this unity going through the all communities and basically staying there and just to give a specific example because law is there to protect people from like structural perspective but it's the everyday behaviors that matter a lot and there are so many examples when I see that let's say people of color are mistreated and no one speaks up and that's what bothers me a lot and like I hope and and we have like example um with Stephen when um we were kicked out of the restaurant basically um just upon arrival because he is a person of color and we were really misrepresenting huh in prague very recently in prague uh we were uh, there there was like 30 people around us no one spoke up for us and i was shocked by that i was shocked by the fact that there were all these people you know we we approached the um like um how do you say, not not the owner of the restaurant, but like basically the person working there like, hey, we're like just having a beer. And they said like, it's better to go, like we should just go. And so this is what I actually feel like, I hope that this unity will sustain and that also other people of color and also of not color, like the white people that wants to, you know, uh, speak up for this problem as well, that they will continue speaking up and like just have each other back in this everyday um, life situation.
1: Anyone else?
9: Yeah, so from my perspective, I hope in the next five years, um, I guess we black people, people of color, understand the power that we have um, and make sure that we keep on building that so that in the future we're not going to be begging a company to hire us, but instead we just go to, hey, we go into our own companies, we go into people that will actually treat us right because I think that will be the only solution for us is actually understanding the power we have and capitalizing on that because we are right now, it's like we're praying that somebody wake up and have a change of heart. And that's probably going to take some time because the funny thing is that I'm listening to rap song from 20 years ago and I feel like that song was made yesterday because the mm-hmm. situation hasn't been changed. So we just need to recognize, look into ourselves, and see, hey, how can we elevate ourselves so that we're not in this position so that we can make the demands that other people can make when it comes to issues like that? So that's what I hope in the next five years we keep on building that.
5: This makes me think also beyond five years because obviously we want this to be a change in society. like. We were having a similar discussion with other friends this week. And I said, like, you know, what?" she was like, well, what is your goal? Like, what is your goal? And, of course, we said change today and change in five years. But, like, isn't it that we want our kids and our grandkids to look back at how we live today uh, in the same way that we look back on on the past and think, like, why the hell were you treating each other like this? Mm -hmm. I mean, shouldn't the future generations look back at us and say, like, Why the hell did it take until 2020 for everybody to get together and stop the divisiveness and be one voice and all speak up against this? Like, to me, that is like the overall goal, that the future kids are going to be together and look back and think, yeah, we would never do that. We would never accept this as a common headline in the news, week after week after week.
1: For sure. Claire?
0: Um, I was just gonna say that I hope that in um, five years, I hope or that, that it stays a for lack of a better example, like a white problem. You know, I think that's what it needs to be for I think real change. I've heard you all say and I've heard you say multiple times, we need to stay excellent. And I'm like, fuck, that's a lot of it's a lot of pressure that you know, you're and I know that pressure already exists. Okay. I, I, I can't say I get it entirely, but I understand that that's a pressure that you all face already but I think that's too much to say like we've got to stay excellent like fuck no one can stay excellent like we're all human as well and we're all flawed but I just think that the way the way that I've heard friends and family and people that I've been having conversations like Key and I have conversations about this all the time and have from the moment we met but now I'm hearing like in the last few weeks and it's been hard I think for a lot of like white people in terms that they've been cracked open and just for like one week have had to have the level of conversation and awareness of this topic and see their race as a race as well and that the way that you you know that we're treated unfairly well um and you know that's been exhausting for a lot of people but that's what you guys or what people of color have been experiencing your entire life so I just kind of hope that whilst probably the consciousness can't remain at the exact peak it's at now I just hope that it's this isn't something that goes away. And then at five years, it's still like as much as a focus for organizations, for brands, for hiring, for within like white homes, just, you know, as well, like reading the books and doing the education. Cause otherwise like I just it's too much to say you guys have to, you know, the people of color have to be excellent. Like you you can't and you're not one cohesive group either. You've all got your own experiences and come from different backgrounds. And that's I think it yeah, to lift it all up, it has to stay a white It has to, you know, also be a white problem. And as you point out, Key, like it was that, you know, you guys didn't start racism. So it shouldn't be yours to fix. And I think hitting the pockets as well needs to be, needs to be the thing to create change.
13: Can I say something? My name is Miraya and I'm the mother of (laughs) GNAP. Yes, the mascot. First of all, I want to give a big up to you guys. for black kings using their platforms to talk about this important subject. Mm -hmm. Blessings to you. Um, Another thing that I want to say is that it's really important, sorry, that it's really important in this fight uh, to protect yourself mentally and spiritually because this is so emotional, this subject, um, and it can drain you. So that's a big focus. Um, Five years. I think within the black community or not, I think, my opinion is within the black community, we have to have a unity. Without unity, we don't have strength because Babylon is always gonna teach us to fight against each other. Babylon taught us, the system taught us because of colonialism or because of slavery, that one person is better because the skin color is lighter or the hair is softer. That is what we use within the black community to divide ourselves and also um, people from the diaspora. I am from Suriname, that is in South America. People who come from Creole backgrounds, so who are black. Especially the older generation doesn't recognize themselves as Africans because the system taught us that black or being African is less than being a Surinamese or from Jamaica or whatever, you know? This generation is doing way better So we as a generation, this generation, we need to unite not only people from the Caribbean, not only people from Africa, but all black people. Um, So that's a very important thing. We need to focus on that, how we're gonna do that. We should decolonize our minds and we should stop with the program the system is teaching us, but we need to program ourselves. We need to learn our own truth. We shouldn't only learn what the system is telling us, because we know in the books, it's all lies. They're only teaching us what they want us to know. There is so much more, so that's our responsibility, to teach ourselves, but also to teach our youngsters. Like, if I teach my children, or my uh, cousin and nephews, the truth about our history, how strong we are, and uh, the imperiums we had, Nobody's going to tell him a lie because he won't accept it, because he already knows the truth. That's our responsibility within the black community. We are so used to uh, living divided because that is what people taught us. We should fight strength in uniting, and that I hope, God willing, will happen in the next five years. Start uniting and create awareness, not only to white people, but especially within the black community. Because there are a lot of black people who are sleeping. Mm-hmm. They're still sleeping. Don't know, or they're like, oh yeah, this guy uh, deserved to die because he did something bad. And that's, when black people tell that, it hurts me even more, comparing to what, when white people telling me this. Here in Holland, we have Zwarte Piet a lot of black people or people of colour or even white people are fighting against that. But still today, black people are saying, yeah, it's part of the tradition. They don't see because they are so programmed by the system that it's wrong. So we have to create awareness within our black community. That is, I think, where it starts. Thank you.
1: Fam? (laughs) I'm happy to call it a quiz right there, you know. Have you got anything to add? No, no. Stephen. Yo, Mia. We're, we're gonna we're gonna close it on that because that was what we. Yeah, was. Real, and um,
4: we had it before because of the mother of Jeanette. But thank you guys for coming. Yes. this could be our second ever round of applause. Thank yes. you for coming and everyone.
1: Clap, yeah. man, clap for yourselves, man. Clap for yourselves, man. It's honest. Honestly, it's so great to like have you guys here and just to listen to your thoughts, your feelings, your like, your your emotions on the, on this topic. And I feel like everyone in here has their heart in the right place. Um, thank you for your time. Um, on behalf of the guys, we appreciate you. Um, you're listening to the Out of Home Podcast with your boys, Kieran, Kwame, and Stephen. No, yeah, apologies. And we are gone.
0: You London boys are crazy. All right, come on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.